Friends, our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter. Uh, In it, we are going to be looking at a parable today, the parable of the unmerciful servant. And we are doing this as a part of a sermon series. We began last Sunday, and we'll continue through the month of May looking at parables, teachings that Jesus gives us, and exploring some of the meanings that are there for us. This is a shocking parable that I think is something that challenges us to think about how we ourselves need to increase in our ability to forgive. And so I invite you to hear these words from the 18th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 23 through 35. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will repay everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him in prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay the entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. During the uh, Second World War, there was a, a person living in the Netherlands, in Holland, named Corey Ten Boom. And Corey uh, Ten Boom, Uh, was uh, someone who was passionate about her faith in Jesus Christ. She was part of the Dutch Reformed Church, she and her whole family. And they had a deep belief in their family there in the Netherlands that all people were loved by God. And so during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands, uh, the Dutch were also treated similarly as to other people in Eastern Europe during that time, and even Western Europe. People who were Jewish were being rounded up. She and her family, believing that everyone was loved by God, ended up harboring and hiding Jewish persons in their home. Not only Jewish persons, but also resistance workers. They were hiding them. Corey Tinboom and her, her sister, her father, and others within her family. Well, eventually the Nazis found out, and they arrested the whole family and let all of them go except for 
Corey Ten Boom, her sister, and her father. Her father passed away while he was arrested, about 10 days after being arrested. But Corey Ten Boom and her sister ended up going into prison and being transferred into concentration camps. Throughout their experience, until finally in 1945, they were released from prison. Well, she was released. Her sister did not make it out. After about two years after World War II ended, Corrie Ten Boom writes that she came from Holland to defeated Germany. She had to slip in that defeated Germany into her writing. But she came with a message that God forgives everyone. She tells in her writing that she came two years after the war had ended and preached in a basement room somewhere to Germans who were Christians, preaching to them that God is a forgiving God and that God would forgive them. And she says this is not a, a, a topic that a lot of people were preaching in Germany at the time. But she came, one of the sole survivors from her, her family, preaching forgiveness. She said this, when we confess our sins, God cast them into the deepest ocean, never to be remembered. After the sermon was over and people were sort of quietly shuffling around, exiting from the basement, a heavyset man in a brown overcoat started to approach her. And when she saw his face, everything flooded back. She remembered the concentration camp. She remembered being walked through the area where she was imprisoned and seeing that man's face, one of the SS guards in the concentration camp. She remembered him. He admitted it to her. He said, I know you've mentioned this concentration camp. I was a guard there. And he said this, but since that time, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Fraulein, would you forgive me? And he extended his hand towards her. What would you do? What would you do in that scenario, knowing all the cruel things that have happened, all the terrible things that happen, and someone says they're sorry for what they've done, and they extended their hand to you and said, would you forgive me? This parable today is a challenging one because of the amazing, wonderful grace and mercy shown by the Lord to this slave, and the sort of shockingly humanly accurate lack of mercy and forgiveness from one person, this slave, to another slave. It's just sort of like life, isn't it? We grow up thinking that the world is this great and wonderful place where anything is, can happen, and over time we sort of learn the real world, don't we? We kind of learn that things aren't always the way it should be, and we kind of get beaten into submission believing that, well, maybe things will be better after we get to heaven, because this world doesn't always match up to what we believed when we were young. Thankfully, 
there are ways in which God shows us more hope than that, but sometimes the world makes us think that way, doesn't it? We kind of expect someone to be cruel and unforgiving. What we don't expect is for the Lord, the master, to do what he did. Let me explain to you about 10,000 talents. That has nothing to do with skills. It has nothing to do with abilities. A talent is a collection of money. A talent is a collection of denarii, Roman coins. And 10,000 talents would be somewhere around $150 million to $2 billion in debt. About that much debt today. There is no way a slave could ever reach that much debt to someone. It's, it's just impossible that that could even happen. If you were sitting here listening to Jesus tell this story, immediately when you heard 10,000 talents, you would say, that can't happen, that's not true. What is this story really about, right? It's just impossible. And then can you imagine if you had that much money lent out to somebody, billions of dollars, and you were asked to just forgive it, would you even do that? You could probably buy Twitter from Elon Musk with that money, right? <laughs> would you forgive that much? It's just ludicrous to think about this. Would another country forgive billions of dollars in debt to another country? This is, this is just insane. But this goes to the master, the, the Lord. He's kind of a, a rough, tough figure at first. He's going to sell this slave. But then when that slave says, please give me more time, please let me pay off this debt, he's filled with mercy and he says, okay, I won't give you more time. Just forget the 10,000 talents. Forget the billions. It's okay. It's no big deal. This is, this is insane. Can you imagine being forgiven for that big of a debt and then going next door to your neighbor who owes you a couple hundred dollars and saying, pay me right now, right? It's insane. This story is so ludicrous that it points out something about God and about how we are supposed to live. What would you do if you were asked to forgive someone? What would you do if you were asked to forgive someone who owed you, who wronged you? Jesus is telling us first, before we're supposed to even think about whether or not we should forgive someone, we should ask ourselves, who's forgiven me? Before you think about what you owe someone or what they owe you, before you think about whether or not somebody has wronged you or not, you're supposed to think, have I been forgiven? Have I been forgiven? The master, the Lord, is supposed to be like God, right? We may not want to think about the beginning and the end of the story where this master, this Lord, does some things that we may not really think about connecting to God, but the grace, the mercy, this kind of sounds like God, right? To be so generous and forgiving again and again and again. We have messed up. We have 
sinned against God. We've prayed a prayer of confession. And then Stanley said something amazing. He said, you know what? Because of Jesus Christ, we're forgiven. We're forgiven. No matter what we have done, no matter what we have said, when we entered in this place and we heard the good news about Jesus, we are told we are forgiven. Why is this parable being told? Why is this parable so important to Jesus? Right before this passage, there are a couple of things that happen. Number one is, Jesus talks about how you deal with sin in the church. How do you deal with sin? You go talk one-on-one with somebody. If that doesn't work, you take a group of people and you go talk to that person and you try to work it out. If that doesn't work, you get the whole Sunday school class involved and you try to iron things out. There's a process to deal with sin. It's not like we just sort of sweep sin under the rug. We try to deal with it, right? And then he says, we should forgive other people after that. And Peter says, well, wait a minute, Jesus. You know, Peter, Peter loves to kind of be the smart guy, right? He wants to be the head of the class. Uh, I recently heard one of our guest preachers saying that he, Scott Barnes, he's preaching in, in the gathering. He said he was in seminary. He always sat at the back of the room and was kind of quiet. He said, but Ross Furio, our associate pastor, always sat at the front of the class. I feel, I feel like Ross is kind of like Peter at this moment, right? Peter wants to be at the front of the class, and Peter says, oh, Jesus, do you think we should forgive as much as seven times? Seven times sounds pretty generous to Peter, right? Peter says, I think we should forgive seven times. Seven's a big number. You know what Jesus says back to him? He either says, well, no, Peter, you need to forgive 77 times, or possibly in the Greek, 70 times seven 70 times seven. Either way, that's a huge number. Jesus takes sin seriously, but he also also takes forgiveness seriously. Almost as equally as serious. Jesus takes sin as a big issue that we need to deal with, but he also says forgiveness is equally as important. We need to learn to forgive. We need to learn how to restore relationships, especially within the church because we're supposed to help other people see what life is like. He takes sin seriously, he takes forgiveness seriously. The master forgives an insane amount of debt. The slave should have forgiven this little bit that he was owed, but he didn't. He didn't follow the pattern of his master He let darkness and greed take over. The forgiveness was supposed to allow him to become free to forgive other people, but it didn't make it happen. I think Jesus is trying to make an important point to Peter and the other disciples. And the church, he says, in a sense, is this important group, this important thing that I am creating, and it's going to be made up of forgiven and forgiving people. Forgiven and forgiving. Those two go together. They cannot be separated. We are not holier than thou throwing out our forgiveness on people who are beneath us who need to be forgiven. 
We are forgiven people passing on what we've received. The church, he says, in a sense, is this group of broken people who needed to be forgiven and then are filled up with that love and forgiveness and start giving it out like the master did for the slave. Every Sunday in most mainline Protestant churches and in most Catholic churches, we identify as forgiven people. How? We pray the Lord's Prayer together. We pray the Lord's Prayer every week in this service, every week in our modern service, the gathering. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we ask to be forgiven and we ask to help God, ask for God's help in forgiving others as we have been forgiven. We need help forgiving. We need help remembering that we have been forgiven a debt that we could never pay. But through God's grace, it's all been erased, as Corey Tenboom says, at the bottom of the sea, never to be removed. As Corey uh, Tenboom was standing there looking at this SS guard face to face, she says he stood there with his arm reached out to her, and it was probably just a few seconds, but it felt like an eternity to her. She said it seemed like hours as she wrestled the most difficult thing I ever had to do. She says, for I knew I had to do it. She prayed silently to herself in those mere seconds as he had his hand outstretched to her. She said, Jesus, help me. I can lift my hand. I can do that much, but you have to supply the feeling. She didn't feel that she wanted to forgive this man, but she knew she had to. And she, she was putting everything she had into lifting her hand up and putting it out and asking for God to fill her with that forgiveness. She says, and so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder and it raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. As I said, I forgive you, brother, with my whole heart. I wish that was the end of the story because that makes a really good ending to a sermon. But do you know what happened afterwards? For the next few weeks, she couldn't sleep. She thought that she had forgiven him. That feeling in her arm that sort of radiated out, she said, I felt like I really did forgive him. But then I started thinking about other people in the concentration camp. But what about them? But what about them? And she kept asking God to help her learn to forgive. Even though she stretched out her arm and she had that amazing moment, it still wasn't done. The harm, the sin was so great that it took more than that moment to forgive. It took her continually struggling with it for that forgiveness to finally finish its work within her. She couldn't simply do that forgiveness on her own. It had to be done in her heart, transformed within her by God's grace. The very forgiveness she preached about in that basement that day had to do its work within her. 
I think Corey Tinboom realized that if the church is full of forgiven people who do not forgive, what are we here for? And if we're a bunch of people that just de- you know, give out forgiveness without being forgiven, then we're trying to act like God. And we're not. But if we act as forgiven people who can forgive, if we can take that forgiveness that we have received and pour it out into the lives of others, maybe we have a shot, maybe we have a chance, maybe there is something that we can offer to this world of entering into those broken and vulnerable places where we can own up to the truth about ourselves that we need forgiveness too. If that slave had only had the opportunity to admit that he had been forgiven and to say it out loud, to be able to look his other human being who owed him a little bit of money in the eye and to say, you know what? I've just had something amazing happen to me. I've been forgiven of something great. And I'm going to let you off the hook too. It doesn't wipe out the fact that that debt was owed. It's just that it's forgiven. If we go through our lives only receiving things and never giving it back out, we are going to be filled with unhappiness and sadness and pain. But if we can be a part of that healing cycle, if we can allow God's forgiveness to work in us and allow us to spread that forgiveness to others, there's no telling what our heart can be capable of. It might take a little bit like Corey Tinboom, but it can happen. If we can't learn to forgive, do we know God? and what God has done for us and how he continues to forgive us. It's amazing grace. Let us never forget it. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us and I hope that you found this message to be meaningful and life-giving. I look forward to you joining us next time either on our live stream on Sunday mornings here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. It's at 10 o'clock a.m. Or if you want to join us in person, you're welcome to do so. Also here at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. You can find out more about our church family, who we are, what we do, and how to get involved, as well as more information about our worship services at www.bluffparkumc.org. Hope you have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next time.